Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's the bluest room in town. Yeah, they're actually funny. It is the Blue Room. It is your weekly show. It is building up to Arsenal. It is looking back at the Merseyside derby. And there's plenty going on from an Everton perspective, as ever. Joining me to go through it all, Adam Sutton. Adam, how are you, mate? Very good. Very good. Looking forward to the weekend. I've been away with work uh, Monday to yesterday. So haven't done much today. I'm not looking to do much tomorrow. But uh, yeah, all good. And Dave Darney as well. Dave, how are you? I'm good, thanks. Feeling particularly um, perky after Liverpool's game against Napoli. Um, <laughs> so it turns out that we didn't quite do enough against them when we got a draw. It's not the best result in the world, is it? <laughs> does does that make you a big question for both? Does, does that make you feel worse about the weekend? Do you, just sort of look at it and go. Obviously, Napoli are a, a fine side and they've got some ridiculous players. You know that that uh, that deep sign from Georgia, Cavaracchia, looks absolutely incredible. But does it does it does it reinform your thinking and any of the the thought you internalised after the the nil nil the weekend. Yeah, I mean, any time I've watched the highlights of it, which has been several times, um, I think I've mentioned this on a couple of our pods since then. That the image in my mind, it's certainly not uh, Cody's goal that was disallowed. Unlike many other people, I'm sure that's what they think of a lot and constantly watch it in my mind and um, almost permanently printed on the forehead is Mopai's miss. Um, because I, I think if either of those go in, I think we go on to win the game. Um, and and it's it's nice to sit in and say, I think it was probably, we were worth the three points there as well against them. Um, having, having said that, you know, I, I think it's, it's, it's interesting being a blue with this because seeing Napoli beat them like they did 
I mean, com- like they completely capitulated against Napoli. Obviously, a much better club than us, much better side than us right now. But it makes you think was that a missed opportunity? But having having said that, I mean, they have two home games on the spin. We've got another couple of sorry, we've got another away haven't we this weekend, and then West Ham are home for our first home game since the derby. Um, I, I look at things a little differently. Get I, I still maintain that getting a point against them, making them drop points, I think will be a really good result as the season progresses um, because I think they will come good eventually and I don't think it'll take too long I think it's one of those where the phrase is this is one of the Liverpool sides or one of the, the worst Liverpool sides we've seen in the past couple of years because to be fair they're probably operating at about 50% of what they were um, and in the previous two or three seasons you couldn't get anywhere near them so it feels like a bit of a missed opportunity because it was one of those where I don't think they'll be playing like that next season when we face them at Goodison or maybe not even this season when we face them at Anfield. So it's almost bittersweet, isn't it? I agree with Dave. It's nice to take a point off them, but there's always that feeling in the back of your mind that it could have been three. Mm. Yeah, and it's it's not like we played poorly, I suppose, and didn't have chances either. You know, we, we, we created the opportunities and... Just couldn't quite get over the line, but you know, as Dave said there, he's he, Dave's done a show with Peter earlier in the week about the derby. I had, had a chat yesterday um, on Subs Weekly about it. Um, Adam, it should be good to get your thoughts, really, mate. Before we look ahead to, to the weekend as well, um, you know, as we've said, all said there, Everton played well. Everton gave as good as they got, and as much as I think it'd be a bit wrong to sit here and say Everton deserved to win that game, I don't think there could have been any complaints if they had it done. Definitely not, and it's probably one of the first derbies I've seen in a while where we've we've really have gone toe to toe with them, in terms of I know we've we've nicked a couple of draws in previous seasons, but it very much has been nicking a draw where you think how have they not scored or how have we scored? But I think in this particular derby, it was very much a, a case of whoever wins this, probably the other team are going to feel like they they might not have deserved it, and with some of the chances for Liverpool, of course, you've got. Jordan Pickford making unbelievable saves and then the same with Allison really so it's, it's a proper derby wasn't it and as much as I hate to say that because I don't care about the derby I just want to beat them but uh, from a neutral point of view I imagine it was one of the most exciting nil-nils you could ever see and as I say it just there's a feeling in the back of your mind where nothing feels better than beating Liverpool and of course can't remember the last time we did. Uh, it was obviously the one at Anfield where we weren't even able to see it in person. So it, it almost it feel like that one really happened, does it? It's like it's, exactly. like, a, it's like a weird dream looking back. Exactly that. So it's it's really about being in the ground when you beat your biggest rivals after so long, after everything that's happened, and deserving to do so. Um, and the roof would have come off, wouldn't it, if if one of those chances went in or if the offside was given. So all in all, you've got to be happy. And as I said on on the the final day of the transfer window when we did the the live stream, you can see a vision here. You can see a little bit of of what Everton are looking to do, and we seem to have an ethos uh, and a direction. So, yeah, I'm I'm happy with where we are at the moment. But you need to start picking up some some real points now. We can't just go a full season drawing, can we? You've got to have some wins in there as well. Yeah, that's what's interesting for me, Dave. And I want to focus too much on Arsenal because we'll do that towards the end of the show, but. No, Adam is right. I mean, there's gonna there is gonna come a point, isn't there, where the goodwill and the the lack of wins 
and us being able to put that aside, that that's going to go, isn't it? It's going to go into the the phase of we need to actually win football matches now. And I've sort of in my head have internalised that as maybe being the West Ham game at Goodison, where I think you look at that one, they're not quite at what they are. I think we all appreciate this weekend Arsenal could be tricky, although you know I quite fancy us to go down there and, and not get beat. Maybe going down there and winning is, is something entirely different. But you know that that West Ham one feels at the point where it's like right. After full time on that Sunday afternoon, we need to have a win on the board one way or another. Otherwise, all this promise and all this pragmatism and all this patience rather might fade away quite quickly. Yeah, I mean, I'm 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 quite surprised that that so many of our fans lean towards that that sort of feeling of, oh, you know, we've started playing really well, so I actually feel like we're going to be okay this season. It, it means absolutely nothing. Um, Did you not we- feel like that? I felt that I was, um, I felt better about the way in which we played. But the, the fact of the matter, and like everybody else, yeah, absolutely. I looked at it and I thought, you know what, things are looking good here. We can, it looks like we're actually becoming a more positive side. It looks like that we're starting to build things. Um, but, you know, that, that, that again, it, it pays into it pales into significance because the points we need, we desperately need them. Um, you know, we could play exceptionally well, much better than at any point we did last season and still not get as many points as we did last season. Football doesn't work like that. And I think we need to keep that in our minds. I certainly am at this moment in time. You know, we could go into that. I'm, I'm expecting us to go into the West Ham game still not having our first win of the season. That's eight games in. That's approaching a quarter of the season without a win. And that... Um, Regardless of how well we've played, it's going, Matt. It's going back to the old "let's give them a nice pat on the head" scenario, in my opinion. Um, when we when we've had that happen before, you know, the plucky little Everton there, or they did well to get a point somewhere. It, it's not. It's not going to be. You know, if it's not going to be good enough, we have to get the three points. And, and I think I'd like to think that um, Lampard, Paul Clements, uh, Ashley Cole, everyone else there around the staff are actually screaming that to these lads every single day when they're training, saying, look, lads, you're all improving. The team's looking really good. And look, it's it's unfair to say what I'm saying against the likes of Onana, who's like a brand-new Premier League player. It's against just a guy who hasn't been in the Premier League for three years. I completely appreciate that. But the professionals and the money we've paid for these guys should suggest they're good enough to go out and get three points against enough sides in that league to keep us in the Premier League. Now, I'm not saying this in in the in a negative way. I think I'm trying to be more, I don't know, um, realistic because it's all well and good us saying oh, we played really well against Liverpool. That's all I've banged on about in the podcast since that we did play well against Liverpool. There's no denying that. It's a fact. But still, the table does not lie in, in these situations. So that's what concerns me a little bit, you know. It's, it's very rare that you get me a deserving life, isn't it? And, and Everton are very much that type of Premier League football club. Yeah. I, I, do you know what? I've not even looked at the table. I don't know where we are. We're like 16th, 17th, round about there, I guess. Um, but like, that's the thing. I've tried to do that thing. My dad always used to say to me, try and not look at the Premier League until you've played at least 10 games because then you know what you need to do. Um, and what are we on? We're on seven, aren't we, at the moment? Uh, you know, like now, now I sort of think of it like as points. Like I always think, like I just want to get to forty. It doesn't really matter where we are in the table. Do you know, like so what are we on now? Four. Yeah, which was six games. So we are behind in that sense. But as, as, well, as the thing, the thing, 
I was just going to say the thing that I've looked at a lot. We've played six games, haven't we? Um, the thing that I've, I've been looking at a lot is up until this World Cup, because this season's going to be like no other. Given the fact that they go away, what second week of November, first week of November when they go away, obviously there's an international break that comes up after this game uh, against West Ham in two weeks' time. Um, so I'm looking at things in a slightly different way, thinking that you could actually benefit this season if you don't have many players going off to play in the World Cup because they're essentially getting a month-long break um, before coming back to play. Now, the, the the irony is the bigger and better clubs, the big, bigger and better sides in the Premier League these days, the big six or whatever, are going to be shipping out most of their players to the World Cup. Things could look a hell of a lot different when you come to... Um, you know, March, April time and there's still games to go because I think you need to box clever if you're a side that aren't sending too many and we are going to be one of them. We'll be sending a few out there, I think, but nowhere near the, the mount. And you're right, we're 16th at the moment on four points from our six. Um, and so the thing that I've been looking at quite closely than a few two guys have, we've got 10 games between now and when the World Cup starts. And then after that, that, we come back, we come and Boxing Day, we play Wolves at home before going to Manchester City. So I, w- I was trying to work out the amount of points that I think we need from these 10 to feel comfortable. If we if we have five wins, if we have five wins in the table before that World Cup starts, so that'll be five wins in 16 games. I think we'll be around 12, 13, 14. I, I, I think that I'd feel quite comfortable about this season if that's the case. Yeah, I mean, if you don't want players to go to the World Cup, you need to start singing England's number six, don't we, instead, or something like that. Try, try and get the message out there that Pickford actually well, Cody's is... Well, Cody's isn't he? That's yeah, the Pick, Pickford actually is rubbish for, for Everton, and, and you know, <laughs> it's, uh, it's fine. But I suppose, Adam, just, just before we go on to Pickford, that's that was that, that's the other thing about what Mashiri said, isn't it? You know, judges at the end of the transfer window, and that's all well and good, but that doesn't take into account the fact that you'll have lads that have joined the day before the transfer deadline or on the deadline and lads who haven't played much football because they've been out of favour at the other clubs. And I think, you know, we all sort of looked at it and thought, right, we've got the derby after the, the, the window shuts, we've got Arsenal away, and then it's all going to sort of just click into gear. But, you know, on the other side of it now, and having watched the lads all play well at the weekend and, and saw signs of things building, you know, Adrissa Gay is not just coming to come straight back in and rekindle a relationship with a new central midfielder in Anana and a newly formed central midfielder in Alex Awobi. You know, there's, there's going to be a, a bed and in period still, isn't there? Definitely. And it's almost like we've given everyone else a head start before the transfer window closed, really, wasn't it? And double edged sword in a way. And I am judging Everton at the end and judging Mashiri at the end of the transfer window. And I'm pretty happy with that, actually. But you look at those first three games, four games, and you think, as a matter of fact, if we did have moved slightly quicker, then we'd probably be in a much better position than we would now. The likes of Forest at home, you look at, you can look at Leeds away and think, it's probably probably six points on offer there for you. Even if you, Chelsea if you're prepared. on the first day, mate, the way they've exactly, been going. Exactly that. And, and you, can, you can almost see now what the plan is and the framework for Everton moving forward. But at the same time, we're at, we're at a bit of a disadvantage and agreed there's going to be teething problems moving forward into October um, and then of course into the periods where you need to really be picking up points because as Dave said you can't be looking at a month off with your best players going away for a month and then having to come back and, and really pick up points because 
knowing Everton and, and knowing the way that we've handled pressure last season, uh, I wouldn't trust any of them to pull us through. So we need to almost be in a position where the uh, the pressure's off, you could say, and, and we allow the players to enjoy the football instead of uh, all absolutely shitting ourselves, really. Yeah, the World Cup's such a wild card in all this, isn't it? Because I think there's like a general assumption that players that have that month off will, will come back and, and be really good. But on the flip side, you could see it as maybe players who are going to the World Cup keep up with the fitness and the sharpness throughout that, that spell. And then for the last, you know, they might tail off a little bit towards the end of the season, but that initial spell after the tournament finishes, it might not be a case of, you know, say Haaland and Salah who aren't going, just come back and burst into life in, in January. That's it. So uh, trying to relate it in some way to actually playing football, uh, nowhere near the level that obviously these fellas do, but I am at a, maybe an age now or and a way of playing where if the more I play, the more I train, the, the better I feel and, and the more you want to really. And it's, yeah, it's great to have a rest and stuff. But at the same time, it's like anything, match fitness is paralleled by nothing else. Actually, you need to be playing football to be enjoying football and doing well at football. So again, it could be good for some and, and bad for others. But if you look at injuries, if you look at players that we want to bring back, if you look at maybe Frank Lampard still wanting to, bed his way of playing and, and bed his tactics into a team if we have less players going to the World Cup and a bit more a bit more time on the training field to do so then hopefully it'll it'll be a benefit for Everton but agreed it, 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 you can't really judge it until it really happens and it's going to be a season like no other isn't it therefore we need to be in a better position before it does happen yeah you want to give yourself Tell a bit of a margin of error, don't you? Um, and it's not going to get potentially easier this weekend or next week or maybe the week after um, because Everton, like they're going to be about Jordan Pickford for that entire time, got a five strain at the weekend, apparently. I did think his kicking was a bit off as much as his performance was amazing in terms of his shot stopping and everything else. He kicked a lot of passes out of play, which I thought was a bit odd. Adam, I'll come to you first on this one again because I know you're very frustrated about this, this, this entire situation and you wanted to bring up something very specific you were thinking about earlier. I was sat there after the news broke and thought, I don't think I've seen a fully fit Everton 11 since David Moyes. It's like one player comes back from injury and the other one goes out and then two players are back training and another three get injured. And it's just incredible. And of course, we see it through our roast into glasses and believe that we're hard done by and we have so many injuries, which of course we do. And I'm sure other fans and, and teams have the same, but it just seems absolutely mad, doesn't it? That we feels like something, and, and I know Dave spoke about it before. That feeling and you know the way that you can see a team playing is one thing, but of course results are another. But I do believe that we are building towards something here, and a really integral part of that building block is is our keeper, who's been instrumental in not just keeping us in the league last season, but being so good in not just obviously the, the derby, but previous games as well. So going to be a massive massive miss and you can talk about outfield players and tactics and formations and stuff but Jordan Pickford brings a lot to Everton in terms of a way of playing really I think he's got more assists than most doesn't he this season so uh again yeah, it's just one of our four goals this season hasn't he yeah exactly that so we're massively missing a chance creator as well <laughs> as a shot stopper and uh yeah hopefully Asmir Begovic has got what it takes to come in and, and slot right in I've been impressed with him in the most part, watching him, of course, has been in you know, cup games and against lesser opposition, but seems like an assured goalkeeper. He's been there, done that. He's, he's demanding in terms of he, he knows what he wants and he can come and claim things. And 
it's one of those. I don't think you could be a Premier League keeper and not be at a, a certain level, but I don't think Asmir Bekovic is anywhere near your Pickford's level. So, of course, it's going to be a miss for the next couple of games at least. Yeah, Dave, I mean, it is a blow. There's, there's no no really other way of, of saying that. But how do you feel about, about Begovic? Like Adam said, though, I think we've, we've seen glimpses of him. And I remember last season against Hull in the Cup, I think he made a ridiculous save late on to keep us free to ahead in that match. But there's been a few moments as well where he's maybe looked a little bit dicey. But you know, Manchester United wanted him in the summer, of course, because that was a bit of a mad rumour. But how do you feel about going down to Arsenal with Asmir Begovic as our goalie? Well, I, I mean, I've, I've done a bit of research on him since finding out about uh, Jordan Pitford's uh, injury. I, I love the way you've put in the fact that that's why he was kicking the ball out bad against Liverpool, Matt, isn't he? <laughs> He's often done that as a goalkeeper. I'm giving him the benefit of the doubt after an otherwise 10 out of 10 performance. So oh, that, that, that might bring it down to a nine, but, you know, I, I will let him off for all the saves he made. No, no, fit, fit. Absolutely, that that's correct. Given given his performance uh, between the two sticks, he was absolutely superb, wasn't he? And he has been for a long time. And the thing I liked that was encouraging after it. I'm I'm by no means particularly bothered about the World Cup that's coming up. You know my feelings towards the internationals, um, but uh, the fact that so many um, outside and away from Everton and sort of local media and stuff have said that it's obvious that he's the England number one and he deserves that. I think that's a uh, that's a huge part of his career, the way in which uh, he is as a person. I think playing for England is is probably up there higher than actually playing for Everton. But, um, you know, fair play, he absolutely deserves that. And as long as he's doing the same for Everton, then that's uh, that, that's absolutely fine by, by him, in my thoughts. So, um, putting Begovic in, uh, I have quite a, a divided view about having... Begovic and much the same way we've done so with uh, with uh, sort of backup goalkeepers in the past not quite being taken fully seriously. I think in Begovic we have, I think we've got somebody who's decent as a number two. Look, when any club gets a number two, it's never going to be as good as number one. It's it's um, probably an unthankful role, isn't it? As a professional footballer, you don't want to be the number two goalkeeper because you're probably going to get about, I don't know, a maximum of half a dozen games throughout the season I know a lot of the um, a lot of the sort of top six clubs and whatnot when they go into like the Carabao and things they like to swap and put their other goalkeeper in another one over at Liverpool was the old Kelleher isn't it they all they all rave about him because he effectively helped them win um, a trophy and whatnot penalty, didn't he? The shootout, you know. he did yeah he did and I have no, no doubt whatsoever that if it, John Pickford had a penalty to take for us. I think he'd bag it because he did so for England, didn't he, in the um, the Nations League a couple of seasons ago. I, I like Begovic, but I, I always feel iffy about backup goalkeepers because the by just by the the, the state that the club is in, um, certainly in terms of how we're going to have to defend really well against Arsenal if we're going to get anything from the game. Putting in a goalkeeper who barely plays. Always, I feel a little bit nervous about that. Um, Begovic himself is a really good goalkeeper. I think he had been for a while. Um, he's only 35 as well. I actually thought he was older than that, which shocks me a little bit. I thought he was a lot older than 35. But it's better than when we had Lonergan. It's better than we'd had, like, I don't know, Muka. Who else? Who the dodgy ones? Lonergan's injured, isn't he? He would have potentially been in the frame otherwise. But... Yeah, he would, well, he would have been the backup for this weekend, wouldn't he, at yeah. least? So... Um, yeah, I mean, I'm 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 content with him. 
I think he talks really well too, so it's like not really plugging it here, but um, working at the BBC, we've had him on several times on the World Service to talk about his career, to talk about Everton and things like that. And he comes across really, really well, as well as his missus when she was running around with horses that were Evertonians and stuff like <laughs> that. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm not, I'm not too concerned, but I'm sort of somewhere in the middle of thinking. You know, you you point your number one against this, and also I think the one thing that the national media will be absolutely gutted about will be Ramsdale not taking on Pickford in the battle of the England goalkeepers because I'm sure that'd be all over the back newspapers, wouldn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And um, do you think Adam this changes the way Frank Lampard feels the other ten lads on the pitch as well? You know, I, I imagine if Jordan had been fit, then I mean we probably go down there with. You know, probably nine of the other ten are the same. Maybe Garner would come in for, for Tom Davis, although I'd be probably quite harsh on Tom because he played well. But do you look at it now and maybe think we haven't got, you know, a spectacular shot stopper in goal? We've got someone who's coming in from the cold a little bit. Maybe his joints start to creak a little bit. It's not going to be a game where you're going to have to deal with loads of long balls and crosses into the box. It's going to be intricate play. Is there a situation there where he thinks I've got to take a step back here and be a little bit more pragmatic because I don't quite trust this fellow enough? It's so hard, isn't it? Because you're not going to stick an extra defender to stand next to him, are you? It's not as if you can like assist with Asmir. You can limit, say, from 20 shots a game to te- like 15, 10. You know, is, you know, you take away a lot of what we're potentially offering because that midfield free looks like it can work really well, but. I, I don't know. I think it's, it might be that kind of game anyway. So I don't know if you'd just be a little bit tempted to, to make that little tweak again. I, I agree. I think that there definitely has to be changes in, I don't know, slight nuances in the way that, that the team performs against or, or is set up against different opposition. But at the same time, if you're planning to have your opponent shoot a lot, then you're probably not planning correctly, are you really? So. It just comes down to, for me, Everton winning certain battles in certain parts of the pitch, and, and United did it really. And on the transition against Arsenal, you've got to be able to stop them playing in the way that they want to. And the keeper out of anyone really is probably the one person that can't really affect that in, in, in possession for Everton. Hopefully it's it's one of those where we don't go long as much as we used to anyway. So hopefully passing out from the back is something that is, is definitely a plan for this week's training sessions. But at the same time with Arsenal and the way they play with pressing high with players running in behind with wanting to win the ball back high up the, the field, then hopefully go back to basics with Asmir Begovic and say, can we get ourselves up the pitch quicker and, and win the knockdown, knockdowns and second balls and stuff. And again, you don't know what the planning is. You don't know how Frank Larbonne, Frank Lampard wants to take this. I do know one thing that we can't go into it with the same attitude as we did when we played them at, uh, at the Emirates last season because Which was we definitely last game in the league, wasn't it? Exactly that. We were <laughs> on on the beach. We were safe, and I'm sure half of those lads definitely still had the hangover, didn't they? So it's going to be a really big test for Everton, and it's going to be a really big test for Asmir Begovic because we can go down there and get a result. But at the same time, it's about Everton applying themselves in a way that we are going down there not to, to get beat. And again, do you say you're happy with the draw and then you look to West Ham for the win? But there's nothing to say that we can't, especially with the momentum we're building. It, it feels at the moment, I know this is slightly going off on a tangent from the goalkeeper, but it feels at the moment that Everton with a midfield, the likes of Adrissa Garner-Gay, 
Onana, Iwobi, and players in and around the likes of Tom Davis, James Garner maybe in the squad this weekend. It seems that that nucleus and that real midfield area for Everton is something that we can build on. And I hope it's something that we can really combat Arsenal with and uh, and hopefully get something out of the game. Yeah, and looking ahead, Dave, you know, Adam mentioned that midfield there. It's going to be bolstered by James Garner potentially being in the squad. It's going to be bolstered, you'd imagine as well, based on the fact he's been training this week and towards the end of last week by Abdelai Decore being in the frame as well. You know, you'd imagine he'd be on the bench at least. And perhaps most importantly of all, Dominic Carver-Lewin's been back on the grass again this week. He's been looking sharp and involved this week in training. So, there are three potential bodies there you look at certainly in Carvalhoon and Decore, the players that we know can make an impression in this league, and one in James Garner, who has not played much at this level yet, but is by all you know regards and what you hear Forest fans say, very talented. And you look at a game where we're going to potentially need lads to come off the bench and make an impact, be it scoring a goal, be it seeing out a, a lead, be it seeing out a draw. You know, they feel like they feel like three more invaluable bodies to be able to call be able to call upon. Um, yeah, I agree, but I don't agree for this one. I w- I would keep the eleven. The, the only change I'd, I'd I'd make if um, that I consider is putting a just a kind of guy in for Tom Davis and maybe swing th- sw- swing things around the way in which we saw in the derby where he came on for Davis in the second half and I thought he was immense when he came on. I thought Tom was fine too. Um, I'd switch that around. I think I'd I'd feel more comfortable having a just there with the midfield that is really competitive, strong, powerful players, where I I, I think that's probably the side of that. I'm trying not to insult him here with Tom Davis, but I don't I think he lacks that what Adrisha Gay can give us in that midfield. So I'd have the only change I would make would have him in for Davis. Um I mean it, it it's quite a mouthwatering and I'm not trying to get too carry too far away here, but it's quite a, a mouthwatering mid, midfield three that um, just a kind of gay, a Wobie and Onana. I think that would be something that if, say, if you told me we had 25 games of that this season, I don't think Everton would have a problem in the Premier League. Um, that side of things as well, <laughs> Mope straight away needs to make up for that miss against Liverpool, which I'll forever uh, hold at his throat. Otherwise, I could be sitting here with a tattoo of him on my face because that's what I would have done had he scored it and won us the three points. Um, but I think, I think yeah, I think keep it like that. I think the way in which we played against Liverpool is the perfect, excuse the pun, blueprint for Everton to take on the top clubs in the Premier League, Matt, because I thought the defendant was, by and large, really, really good. I thought we had a couple of moments where things could have gone their way, i.e. Um, Nunez's strike, which, you know... Uh, Pickford makes a fantastic save over early doors. Um, but I, I think that match showed me a lot uh, that this team is able to do. And I did. I have to say beforehand, I didn't think we were capable of putting on a performance like we did against Liverpool. I know they've had their problems and I know the first thing any Liverpool fan, which they do listen to what we do, would say, oh, you know, you're buzzing off taking a point from us when we didn't play well at all. I know they've got their issues, but... I thought that that match we played, we played well and they struggled because of how good we were, not because of how much of a struggle that they're having right now and the issues that they have with Salah and positional-wise and their midfield injuries and whatnot. You know, it's not like we've got all of our play. We had all of our players available. Like you say, we do this weekend. James Garner, I think, 
Um, look, we've we've signed a player permanently that you know it, we now have the availability of a man that is able. What is he? 24, 23, 24, Is he? No, I think he's younger than that. I think he's about 21, 22. 21, 22. There's a player that you want in. They're the signings you want him to make. Promising young players that are able to perform right now, not just ones with potential. Um, I suppose we've had enough talking of that with with Anthony Gordon. Whatever people have various views about him. Um, he's he's it was actually and again felt quite ironically against Liverpool for uh, Anthony Gordon. It was one of his quieter games that he's had so far this season. Um, again, don't have a problem him coming back in. I think we've got enough to get something at Arsenal. I really do. I think you keep it nil nil for as long as possible, and we'll we'll create a chance. We'll have an opportunity against them. I think they might be a little bit downbeat after that quite humiliating defeat at Man United in the ends at the weekend. So yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, I think we're going down there with a little bit more confidence, and I think the main thing that you try and keep in mind is forget our history against a lot of teams where we've been absolutely appalling, and Arsenal is the very top of that list, isn't it? So, um, yeah, keep the team as it was, maybe make that change between Adrissa and Tom Davis, and hopefully you've got Calvert Lewin on the bench to throw on for the last half hour. Yeah, it seems like a ground where we always go and we have a reserve keeper playing quite a lot. I remember going down there in the Cup in 2014 and Rob Les played instead of Howard. I think Howard was injured. It was one of his first games. I mean, Adam was laughing there. He must, I think you must remember it as well. He nearly flapped the board into his own net at one That's point, it. didn't he? Um, do, you know, do you know what's funny? I always have it in my mind when we go away to Arsenal, it always feels towards the end of the season. I don't know whether it's because mm. I've still got that ridiculous, what was it, that 8-0, 7-0 defeat we had when we finished fourth that year. But then, obviously, last season as well, last day of the season, it always feels to me like we've gone to Arsenal when it's been quite late in the campaign. Yeah, Sim- similar to the way the, um, the the Premier League normally is against Liverpool. We always have the second game at Anfield. It's happened again this year. I think it's only happened like twice or three times when it's been the opposite way around in the last 20-odd years. So, it feels strange. It's good to get them out the way early doors. <laughs> and maybe it's a good time to go there because they were flying one every single one of their first five games before that defeat to United. So this might be the time to go there. Yeah. I think in 2005, we got beat there 7-0. The play's a bit on the AL then as well, haven't they? Because we qualified for the Champions League the weekend before. So maybe the lesson here is don't get pissed before playing Arsenal. We might we might, we might, might be all right. Uh, but just, just very quickly, I, I wanted to speak about Arteta and the job he's done at Arsenal just to finish off. But you know, I said this on one of the other shows this week that... The idea of that midfield three of um, Idrissa Gay, Anana, and Awobi is, you know, I, I just I love the the theory behind it and the, the principle behind it and the fact that it's it feels like Everton's past in Ghana, Everton's future in Anana, and Everton's here and now in Awobi. It's like it feels just so well balanced in in so many different ways. Hundred percent. It's as we've we've all alluded to. Really, it, it feels so much like, and I, I said. To, to many of my friends and my family before saying that Everton's biggest priority for me is we need a brand new midfield. We needed a brand new midfield probably two, three seasons ago. And you know, times are hard when everyone had to pretend to like Fabian Dell for 10 games because he was actually better than what we had. Um, so looking at it now, I think it's probably looks nicer than anything really, but it actually is truly a midfield that you can see playing for Everton for at least two or three seasons. And with the likes of Idrissa Gay, you've probably got lads who can come in and play that role for the next seven, eight seasons, really, don't you? If, if Amadou Onana will mould into maybe that more of a defensive midfielder, the likes of James Garner, 
Tom Davis, who has performed well in, in the games he's played in this season. So it's just strength and depth, but it's not strength and depth from a here's you know, four or five lads who will give you a four or five out of ten a week. It's Alex Awobi, who's been Everton's best player by far since at least halfway through last season. As you said, Matt, it's Amadou Onana, who looks like he could run Evans midfield for the next decade. And of course, uh, coming home, Adrissa Gay, we know exactly what we get from him. So the balance is there. You've got legs in that midfield. They're not going to lie down and get turned over by teams who have got a three midfield or two lads who know how to, to, box, to go box to box. So it's really exciting. It's more exciting for me than, than any other part of the pitch. And, and if you can have a solid foundation as a midfield, then you're only going to breed confidence around the rest of those positions. And, and I think the likes of Nathan Patterson straight away is seeing real benefit from having just players in the position where you know they're going to be. And half of football is trusting your mate and half of football is playing in a system that you know how it operates. And, and Everton seems to be building a system that is going to take us forward and, and hopefully not having to chop change, not just players, but the way that we play as well. So really excited to see it, but this is going to be a massive test. And it's one of those things where you really look forward to these tests. They very rarely are passed in the way that you want them to. But I, I just got to just just imagine if, it, if that midfield of those three, if it, if it is those three, box Arsenal to bits and, and bop them and, and work harder than them and win the ball and, and do everything you want them to because that Arsenal crowd isn't something that for me, and, and if you look at Onana, to be fair, he hasn't seemed to be one at all that's phased by any form of atmosphere. Ellen Road being probably one of the most daunting ones in the league, but if you can get into that team early, the likes of Martin Odegaard, you've got a couple of young lads in that midfield. Granit Xhaka's always ready to, to overheat, isn't he, when anything goes that way? So I'm really looking forward to it. I don't think I'm looking forward to the game, but I'm looking forward to seeing what we are capable of because if this goes well, and, and, and hopefully it does, then this could be our, our midfield for the rest of the season. Hmm. Do you know what you, you said? Something there which I've already thought about, and that's there's no passages there with them three. You know, from a, from a physical, you know, how, how many times down the years, you know, even like players like Alan and Gomez and Rodriguez and Sigurdsson, where you, you'd look at that midfield and you go, "Well, we need to play this player because this player can't run, or this player can't tackle, or this this player can't defend." It feels like all three of those lads can do. They can't do everything, obviously, but they're all very rounded footballers that you don't, you don't really need to, to to compensate for any of them. It's as if they've planned these recruitment, <laughs> the recruitment, really, isn't it? And You've got players who have got some real attributes and then you've got players who have got maybe less of those And but the other player, as you say, complements them and it, it feels like a, a well-oiled machine, doesn't it? So, yeah, the proof is in the pudding and the proof is Sunday afternoon when we're all on the post-match saying what happened to Alex Iwobi or Onana's not ready <laughs> or Idrissa Gay's passed it. But hopefully that's not the case and uh, we've got a result and we've got a, a nucleus and a formula to go forward with. Yeah, um, that, just we've got against Arsenal though um, just just thinking about the way I've seen them so far this season is you got Jesus who's going to be a handful um, Odegaard there who I hasn't mentioned but I could actually see them considering and it wouldn't surprise me if they start with a back five against these given the fact you've got Martinelli and Saka who are outstanding wide attacking players for Arsenal the way they've played Saka this season, even if you watch them against the Wayport against United, but Saka basically helped them get the goal back that they got, um, scored for one that was disallowed. Uh, him against Michalenko, 
does concern me. And look, I, I, I feel like I'm banging out all sorts of, of blame and saying that Mikhailenko uh, is not good enough. I'm not saying that at all. Although I have mentioned in the last three or four pods that I think he's had difficulties um, once. I over... he had a cracking game on Saturday, in fairness. Oh, no, no, that's really, really it. Well. I, mean, I, I thought he was fine against the player when Salah was out there. I mean, Salah was, he was non-existent in most of that game. Um, him and, and you know, I, it concerns me though because Saka, I think, at home for them, that's a concern for me. Martinelli against Patterson's less of a concern because I think Patterson's an absolute superstar. I think he's going to be a world class player. Um, I, I just feel that you need someone tracking back with them, or if they beat either our two of our two fullbacks, you're going to get. If you've got one, two of the back three centre-backs, being able to sort of push out a little bit to stop them from cutting inside too much, I, I think I feel more comfortable with that than I would with what we did and just having a flat back four. Because if you if you beat either of the two uh, full-backs, then I, I think we could be in trouble there if that happens. And it all depends on how DP wants to, wants to start with this, Lampard. Um, yes, by all means, there should be confidence based on how we've played. Uh, for most of that Leeds game and for the derby, but don't don't yeah, I wouldn't push it out too much if I was Frank Lampard. So um, yeah, I, I think we'll go there. I don't think we're going to get a defeat and all that. What do you think? Do you think, Dave? And I agree in a certain sense that your fullbacks need support a hundred percent. I also think that Mikalenko and Patson have looked so much better in a four in terms of defensively and actually offensively. But I also think that if you're going to go with a back four and a midfield three, you probably just free up the likes of Idrissa Gay to go and support Mikalenko and go and support Patterson when, when he is maybe getting stood up by a winger because I'd rather Idrissa Gay go and, and fill that space than, I don't know, a Mason Holgate or a Michael Keane because you can sit a little bit deeper there. You can say to the likes of Saka, go on, attack me, where I almost think with the likes of Mikalenko and Patterson, when they're in that wing-back position, they're almost at a halfway house of, well, how, yeah. high, how high do I play here? Or do I sit in and make it a five, which totally nullifies any attacking way of playing that we're looking to, to utilise? So I, I definitely believe that there has to be support for the, the two lads playing left back and right back on, on Sunday. But I, I definitely think that there's something around having a midfielder. And to, to be fair, the best we've seen in, in recent years is Idrissa Gay. It just, and, and I remember a game away at Tottenham, I think it was Ancelotti's first game in the league, where Alan was everywhere, but he was allowed to be everywhere because he had Nakore working for him. And I think it was James Rodriguez in the 10. And I just feel like Idrissa Gay or Onana and even Alex Awobi, his work rate is incredible. He can go and fill those gaps and he can go and double up on your Sackers and your Martinelli's. And I just think sometimes Everton playing a back five really is inviting lads to run at our centre-halves. And I think you're in a real predicament then when you've got rapid wingers running at Conor Cody, James Tarkovsky. Whereas if you can sit in a back in a flat back four and, and have a Drissagay come and pinch it off the toes, might be a w- better way of going. But of, yeah. of course, it all comes down to concentration for me. It's, it's a massive, massive yeah. part of, of that game. Everton need to make sure that everyone is playing for 90 minutes and not switching off and I think as we've, we've spoken about that midfield seems to be one that hopefully can do that for, for long periods of the game even when we haven't got the ball mm. Yeah, going to be fascinating um, everyone seems to think we're not going to get beat but 
Maybe Dodgy not win. Bad, isn't it? <laughs> we, all, we, all, we all saying draw? Uh, yeah, I'll, 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 I think it's going to be a draw. I think one all. And then we'll take three points against West Ham and then have a nice little break in the international break and have a good look and, and see what we need and where we are up to the World Cup, which will be eight games away. First 20 minutes for me are huge. It's, I know it's a, a bit of a cliche, but the first 20 minutes in the first half and the first 20 minutes in the second half really will determine whether Everton can get a result here because they might be a bit of a, a hurt animal Arsenal against after that United defeat and they could come at us flying and we need to be resolute. We need to, to stick together and hopefully get through that period of the game. And then after the second half, Everton, I think every team in the world probably has the same outlook, doesn't it? If you're soft-centred after the break, then the game can totally shift. So we can get through both of those periods. Uh, hopefully we can come out with a result. So I'm, I'm, I'm hopeful, but you're obviously always sceptical because this is Everton. Yeah, um, let's see how it goes. Uh, cheers to both of the lads. Anyway, like Adam mentioned, uh, we will be doing post-match after that game of the weekend. So do look out for that. Um, hopefully getting our first win on the board and getting our first win away at Arsenal in front of actual people for a long, long time. Uh, that own goal from Bert Leno when Richarlison celebrated feels a long time ago during the height of the pandemic. But uh, we'll wrap it up there. Cheers to Adam. Cheers to Dave. I do check out all the other stuff we put putting out this week. If you want to hear more from us, it's patreon.com slash the Blue Room Extra. As ever, it is a wonderful time to sign up for the season in full flight and with the Blues potentially getting better and better. So do come and join us up there. That's on the your sort of thing. In the meantime, enjoy the rest of your week. Up the toppies. We'll see you again very soon. Podcast Network. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.